Hello and welcome to Northeast Christian Church online service. We are so happy to have you with us. Please be sure to follow NECC on all social media platforms. And to listen to all our past messages, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the service. Today, we have a very special speaker. Uh, He actually just randomly met Pastor Paul in the streets of New York City. That's how we got introduced. Uh, But Pastor Daniel Messiah uh, originally was from Egypt, which you'll hear about in just a few moments, and uh, ended up here in the United States through a series of miracles that God did. And uh, his story is incredible, how God transformed him. Uh, They're actually going to be making a movie about his life soon uh, called Traitor. Uh, He's got books for sale out there that outline his story, which you're welcome to talk to him after service and connect with him and purchase one of those if you'd like. Uh, But they're they're making a movie now. It's going to be pretty cool. It's in Arabic with subtitles, so we're looking forward to seeing that. Uh, But Pastor Daniel has ministered all over the country. He's now with Calvary Chapel and North Carolina, but he's constantly traveling, San Diego, all sorts of places, uh, spreading the good news that God loves Muslims. And we do too. I don't know if you knew this, but the biggest concentration of Afghani Muslims outside of Boston is right here in the greater Lowell area. And we're committed to reaching Muslims, whether it's here or whether it's all the way across the world, that God would continue to do his transformative work in showing the love of Jesus Christ to Muslim people. And so, Pastor Daniel, would you come, would you give a big round of applause for Pastor Daniel Messiah? Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, I did. Praise the Lord. No, no, no. Come on, guys. You can do better than this. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, I am delighted to be here, and uh, you have a great worship team. Can you guys give them a hand? And you have a great uh, man of God leading the church here, Pastor Paul. And thank you for the young pastor, Dylan. Can you give them a big hand? Wow, I am feeling like I am in Egypt. You know, the way you guys worship and the way uh, you welcome the Lord, the Lord's presence this morning, you guys are awesome. Give yourself a hand. Uh, You know, I wanted to give you a warning. When an Egyptian pastor preach, we never go by the watch. We go by calendar when we speak, and uh, uh, the Lord used me to plant many churches in California and in Middle East, and uh, usually Egyptian pastor preach for an hour, hour and a half, and we came to America, and uh, in my church in San Diego, they started complaining. They said, you speak too much, and uh, people here wanted to leave early, and uh, eating lunch, and you know the culture here. And uh, I said, okay, guys, I wanted uh, someone to stand facing me. And uh, if I pass, uh, you know, 30 minutes or so, give me uh, a, a, a warning sign. 
And uh, I selected one of uh, the Chaldean Iraqi uh, deacon to face me. And one day I was preaching and I passed 45 minutes and he started giving me the sign like this. I pretended I'm going this way and I see him following me and uh, I kept going and he keep doing like this. I, I looked to the other side and pretending I, can't, I didn't see him. And finally, he changed the sign from this to this. <laughs> and uh, you know, in Iraqi culture, maybe they didn't know, when they do that, they mean it. You know, you guys can joke and say I will kill you, but when Iraqi do that, they mean it. And I quit immediately. Uh, and uh, before we start, uh, I would love to uh, asking you to stand. I am a missionary for almost over 35 years in the uh, Middle East, in uh, many uh, countries in Europe. And uh, God really blessed me to see many nations. And I love the song, the Lord is reign over the nation. And uh, he deserves uh, all the praise and all the glory. And he is here in, in, in this house. And uh, I got invited uh, in Africa a couple of years ago, before COVID, to Tanzania and uh, for a conference, 300 pastors. Just they wanted to know how to witness to Muslim in Tanzania. And uh, Muslim uh, people are oppressing uh, Christianity in uh, Africa. And I went and uh, I, I start uh, asking them to give the Lord a praise. And guys, uh, I will show you a clip about what we do uh, around the world, but I wanted you to focus on the African people in Tanzania when I ask them to praise God when I count three, they start shaking the building. And they start doing, woo, 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 praise the Lord, and dancing. And that's the real joy of the Lord. And uh, uh, I will ask uh, my friend Adam to play uh, Open the Gates video. It's a short video while you're standing. I'm preparing you and uh, watch how uh, joyful uh, the African pastors are. In this celebration, over 800 Muslims attended the celebration in California. to know the love of Christ. They're not slaves. They're sons and daughters of the Lord who loves them. Jesus pays 
He came to know the Lord. If you put your trust in Jesus, you will go to heaven. Who will share the gospel with the mafia? If you guys are silent, how people will be saved? You know what? I gave Adam the wrong video. <laughs> and the African is not in here, but I always recording uh, I, I promised the African, I said, in every American church, I will ask them to praise the Lord, and uh, we will see who will win, you or the African. And I will record you, and when I count three, I wanted you to shout, give the Lord praise, you know? Uh, you can do whatever you want, because he deserves all the glory and all the praise. Okay, one, two, Three, praise the Lord! Have a seat. This is what I wanted you to do when you see a mosque. You go around the mosque and you start shouting, praise the Lord. They will kill you, but that's okay. You know where you're going, right? How many of you know Egyptians are the most funniest people in Middle East? I don't know, uh, Dylan can agree on this. Uh, all Middle Eastern people, they love to talk with Egyptian, and sometimes they stop me, and, uh, you know, God is giving me a sense of humor to build a relationship with them, and then reaching out to uh, Muslim people. And I will tell you a true story. Uh, uh, one day I was in uh, Spain, and uh, I met a missionary. I told him, come on, brother, let us go to Morocco there is like a border between Spain and Morocco. And he was American, he's American, and uh, he got scared and said, no, you crazy, they will arrest us. I told him, come on, don't be a chicken, come with me in the car. And uh, I grabbed 500 Bibles. I put them in my trunk, and we start going and, uh, uh, toward Morocco, and we got to the gates. Uh, all the soldiers stopped my car, and uh, I lowered my window, and the first thing uh, the soldier asked me, where are you from? And I told him I'm from Egypt. Immediately he said, tell me a joke, because yeah, they know we are funny. You know, that's how they call us the Hollywood uh, of Middle East. And I stopped praying. I said, Lord, give me a good joke. Uh, because I have 500 Bible in my trunk. 
and uh, I got one and I shared it with a soldier and he started laughing and laughing and he commanded all the soldiers, open the gates to this guy. And they opened the gates for us and we start going inside Morocco and we start spreading 500 Bibles to all people in, uh, in the city. And uh, my friend was surprised at how God is using uh, us to spread the gospel inside Morocco. And that's how I, I brought the name Open the Gates uh, to my ministry. I was thinking about the name, and uh, I remember this story, and I said, okay, Lord, I will call uh, my ministry Open the Gates, because uh, the Lord showed me Muslim on the other side of the gates and the Christian on the other side, and we both afraid of each other, and the Lord is calling us uh, to break the fear and open the gates, and we need to go and uh, share the gospel and reach out our dear friends from a Muslim background and from all nations. And uh, today I will share my story and uh, how God is really opening the gates in many other countries. You never uh, imagine uh, the rate of the conversion of Muslim in overseas. Uh, most of the people uh, here in America did not know uh, what is the Lord is doing. And I called today's message for you, he is still working. He is still working. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord is working. Even if you didn't see him working, he is working behind the scene. Do you guys remember in Ezekiel uh, chapter 1 when the prophet Ezekiel saw the Lord Spirit in a wheel, and he explained it, wheel inside wheels. And uh, when I was reading this, the Lord started telling me, uh, his nature is working. God is working. And even if you didn't see him working, he's still working. And one day, you will come to recognize, wow, the Lord is really working. Do you know how many Muslim coming to know the Lord in Africa every year? Just guess a number in your mind. Six million Muslims accepting Christ every year in Africa. That's a huge number, you know? Yeah, the Lord is working. In Egypt, in the last uh, seven years, over five million Muslim converting to Christianity. And uh, you can Google, by the way, all of those numbers. Uh, I read it on, on, uh, on Google one day. I said, wow, this is incredible. And I received calls from pastors in, in Egypt and Middle East uh, telling us, come and, and see what the Lord is doing among the Muslim nation in Middle East. 
not only in America. You know, I love, by the way, the theme of your conference, here, near, and far. The Lord is working here, and also he's working in overseas. And uh, he's calling us to open our eyes to see his work, you know. Uh, the largest uh, church in the entire world today, guess where? It's not in Korea, it's not in America, it's not in China. The largest church in, in the entire world today in Iran, underground, over a million Muslim conversion uh, from Islam to Christianity. That's where persecution is. Where is the penalty? If you leave Islam, you are under penalty and you can lose your life. They will give you a chance for three days to renounce your faith. If you didn't renounce your faith in Christ, they will take your head publicly. And the largest church where the persecution is. And the Lord showed me one day, you know, persecution is spreading the word of God. Uh, it's like when you have your fist and you hit the water, what happened to the water? The water is spreading all over. And that's what happening in the Middle East. When they tried to kill the Muslim convert and persecute the church, guess what? The church is spreading and the church message going to the end of the earth. And this was my story. Uh, my real name uh, was Muhammad Kamel, and I born into a Muslim family, and I used to go to the mosque on Friday, sitting behind the imam, and uh, in the mosque, the prayer is all about cursing Christian and Jew. I remember the imam uh, will pray something like that, uh, oh Lord, uh, destroy Christian and Jew, make their wives, uh, uh, make their children orphan, and their wives, uh, you know, uh, widows. And that's all what they pray, and everybody behind the imam say, amen, amen. And I raised in this, I raised in this culture with hate to Christian and Jew, and uh, rejecting the faith uh, in Christianity. And sadly, I have a Christian friend for 12 years uh, from uh, high school. Uh, we are very close friends. And he never told me, Jesus loves you. He never gave me a Bible. Uh, he never invited me to his church. You can imagine, for 12 years, I know my friend, and uh, we go together to school, I sleep over in his home, he come to my house, and he was a chicken Christian. I call those Christian chicken, you know? If you are not talking about Christ, and you are a believer in Christ, you are chicken, you know? 
And uh, one thing making you different than any other nominal Christian is when you're talking. You know, I love, I love Ezekiel chapter 37 when God took Ezekiel to uh, the valley of the dry bones. You remember when the Lord told him to prophesy over them? Those bones, what happened to those bones? They start, they start uh, moving, and then uh, one word got my attention. Those dry bones, when they received, received God's breath, the Holy Spirit, it said there was a noise, a noise. You know, Christians need to make noise everywhere. You need to be noise about the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere. This friend, he, my friend, was a chicken. He never talked to me, you know. And uh, many, many Christians, we're talking about in 1979, when persecution was heavy, Christians are killed uh, and persecuted publicly. And uh, one day I told him, uh, uh, take me to your church. I wanted to know what you guys believe. And in fact, my plan was to make fun of him inside the church because he was a chicken Christian, you know? And that's what you get when you are a chicken Christian. But if you are bold for Christ, you know, making noise, there is something will happen in your community. And uh, he afraid to take me to his church. He thought I would put a bomb in his church. He decided to take me to a different church. <laughs> See how Christians love each other. Don't bomb my church, bomb the other church. It's okay, <laughs> you know? And uh, it's very sad how Christians live in fear, in fear. And uh, I went to the church, and uh, I sat uh, in the back of the church, and every, everything I know about Christianity is from Hollywood, is from the movie, from TV. I thought I would go to church, I would see Christian drinking uh, uh, liquor, uh, dancing, woman in bikini, and th that's everything I know about Christianity. And that's what everything Muslim knows about you. You know, they never met real Christian, and they never met uh, Christian. They love the Lord, and they live for the Lord. And I sat there, and I'm watching, and I said, okay, when the liquor will start, let me mock them. You know, and nothing happened in the church, and uh, I got disappointed. And at the end uh, of the service, uh, the pastor asked everybody to pray. And I didn't know how Christians pray. I kicked my friend and said, how you guys pray? He said, just close your eyes and listen to the prayer. And I thought, they wanted me to close my eyes, then they can do the bad thing inside the church. And I was watching what is going on during the prayer, and nothing happened. I got disappointed more, and uh, I left the church. I told my friend, how you guys pray? And he wrote the Lord's Prayer in a piece of paper, Our Father in Heaven. I took it home, I went to my room,
and I start reading the first line because I wanted to catch something wrong in Christianity to mock my friend and mock Christianity. And the first line was, our Father in heaven. I start laughing. I can call God Father. I can call him uh, Daddy, Abba. And I open the window next to my bed, and I start talking with God. I said, are you my father? Are you my daddy? Can I call you Baba? And suddenly, when I was mocking this line of prayer, the Lord's presence uh, became heavy in my room, and the Lord's presence was surrounding me. And I felt to the Lord is hugging me with his arm, his face next to my face, and he started telling me, yes, I am your daddy. I am your father. And it broke my heart because it was a powerful scene, seeing his presence for the first time in my life. The, uh, the heavenly father came to my room, and he told me, yes, I am your daddy. Everything changed. I saw crying and crying. I went to sleep. I woke up the second day. Something changed, but I can't put my hand on it. And then I went to my church. I started hearing clearly the message about the love of God, that God came from uh, heaven to earth and died for my sin. I am a sinner, and I need to be saved. I am under judgment. The whole thing was very clear because the Lord opened my eyes. And I wanted to tell you today, if you didn't meet the Lord yet, maybe everything, it looks difficult. But when the Lord opened your eyes, you will see it clearly. He loves you. He is your father, and he wanted to save you. And I went with my church to Alexandria. At Alexandria, uh, it was a big conference, and at the conference, a pastor was preaching, and he was repeating uh, this word, Jesus can change your life. Jesus can give you a new life. When I heard that, I felt like I need change. I need a new heart. I know I am a sinner, and I need to be saved. And I took a side at the conference, and I nailed on my knees, and I stopped praying, and I said, Lord, if you really change people, change me. If, if you are changing people, I am ready for change. That's all my prayer was. And when I was repeating this prayer, boom, suddenly, the Holy Spirit came like a shower, and everything in my life started to be shaking. And I start speaking in tongues. And I am in Presbyterian Church at this time. I never read uh, about the Holy Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit, and boom, 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 I start praising God for who he is and for his salvation to me. And everything 
in me changed that day. And I decided to follow Jesus, not like the chicken Christian, but to be like Paul. I read the book of Daniel, and when I read the story of Daniel, I got touched about his faithfulness and his friends, the standing, facing persecution and telling the king, king, we wanted to tell you that we will not bow to your image. And even if God does not save us, we will not bow to you because we have God, he can save us. And even if he didn't save us from your hand, we will not bow to you. And that's the cover of my book. You know, uh, in fact, this is my son standing and uh, the designer of, of the cover, he got the idea when I shared with him and uh, Muslim, this is the largest uh, mosque in the entire world. It's in Turkey. And down here is a, a picture of myself in my prison. Because after I became a Christian, uh, like I told you, uh, I became a bold. I felt like the Holy Spirit. And I was praying every day. I said, Lord, uh, help me. Don't make me like a, a chicken Christian. I need to be like Daniel. And in fact, I changed my name from Muhammad Kamel to Daniel Abdel Messiah, which means Daniel the slave of the Messiah. You know, and I felt uh, this is the name God is calling me with, Daniel Abdel Messiah. And uh, I started going everywhere in Egypt. I will stand in the bus, go inside the bus, and I will shout, hey guys, have you heard about Jesus? And the whole bus started looking at me. And I started sharing the gospel like I'm sharing it here. And you can imagine, this is a Muslim nation, you know, and uh, you can't do that in public places. And this is in 1979. And I will move from a bus to a bus, and I will go to station where is uh, people taking a bus for two hours ride between Cairo and Alexandria. And I will carry Bibles uh, and carry it in my bag, and I will go inside the bus and leave those Bibles in the lap of people. I will say, this is a gift, this is a gift, this is a gift, this is a gift. And I cover the whole bus was the Bible. Do you know why I did that? Because when I was a Muslim, I saw Muslim people doing the same and giving the Quran to people, even to Christians in the bus. They forcing the Quran over the people in Egypt and Middle East. And when I became a Christian, I said, you know, the first thing I will do I will put the Bible in buses. Each Muslim need to read the gospel. And I started doing that for almost a year and a half, and I will go to a high-rising building, 
and I will go inside the elevator. The minute the elevator closed, I will start talking about Jesus in the elevator because I have a captive audience. Nobody can run, you know, and you can see when the elevator door open, people will, will leave. And I go from building to building, from bus to bus, in taxi, in my college, uh, everywhere I go, I will share about my heavenly daddy. And one day, a taxi driver reported me to the secret police. Secret police came to my church, and uh, they uh, arrested me, and they took me to the secret police building for interrogation. And uh, I, I was excited that I will witness to the secret police, because those people, they will not have a chance to hear about Jesus. And I start to witness to the high chief of the secret police, and I remember I told them, do you have a Bible uh, in your office? And he said, yeah, and he grabbed a Bible, told them, open the book of Acts, uh, chapter 4, verse 12. Can you read it for us? In fact, I was doing a Bible study in the secret police building, and the guy started reading. You know, there is no other name has been given to people under heaven to be saved except the name of Jesus. I told him, sir, did you notice what this verse is saying? There is no other name can save you except the name of Jesus. There is the name of Muhammad cannot save you. The name of Abraham, Moses, David, only the name of Jesus. And, and the guy said, you know what? You will stay with us for a couple of days to, to be interrogated by the attorney general of all Egypt. And uh, after three nights uh, in the basement of the secret police building, they transfer me to the attorney general with soldier, and they put cups around my hand with another soldier. And I was praying, Lord, give me a message for those soldiers in, in the truck. And I sat witness even to the soldier who is hanged me, handcuffed me, and the other soldier in the truck. And we arrived to Attorney General office. And at the Attorney General office, he started interrogating me. He said, you know, we know your family. By the way, I have a very famous family in Egypt. Uh, my uncle was one of the general in the army uh, in Egypt and uh, the dean of all uh, academy, of the police academy, is married to my cousin. And my brother is a judge in the army, very well known. My mom is a lawyer and my dad is a famous businessman in Egypt. And the guy started telling me, we know your family, you know, they did some background check. You know, why you became a Christian? That's crazy. And he was interrogating me for hours. And I was praying, Lord, give me something for this man. This man will not have a chance to hear about you. You brought me to his office, and I'm praying, Lord, for a message for this uh, the attorney general. And boom, the Lord gave me three questions to this man. And uh, I told him, Mr. Hisham, his name 
is Hisham Hamouda, and he's still alive until today. I told them I will ask you three questions. If you answer them, I will go back to Islam. If you didn't answer them, you need to read the Bible and take Christianity serious. And he said, go ahead. And you can see now, I am interrogating the attorney general of all Egypt. <laughs> and I told him the first question, does Allah loves you in Islam? He said, I don't know. I told him the second question, if you die today, where are you going, heaven or hell? He said, I don't know, because there is no assurance of eternity in, in Islam. I told him the third question, Mr. Hisham, is Allah can save you, can change you in Islam. Is he able to change people? He said, no, Allah will never change anybody, you change yourself. I told him, Mr. Hisham, did you notice your answer? Allah does not love you. Allah will not take you to heaven. Allah is not able to change you. Why are you following Allah? Why are, you why are you wasting your time with this God? And he turned the table and he asked me the, th the same three questions. He said, is God loves you in Christianity? I said, of course, God loves me. He came from heaven to earth. He died on the cross for my sins. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. He said, where are you going if you died? I said, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> and I can prove it to you in your office. He said, how? And you can imagine everybody, the soldier, him, his eyes is big. I can prove it to you in your office. And he said, how? I said, I know who you are, the attorney general of all Egypt, with your signature, I will be behind the sun. And that's an Egyptian expression, meaning I will disappear. If you want it, I can be disappeared. You have all authority. But guess what? Did you notice? I am not afraid of you. Do you know why? Because I know where I am going. I am going to my heavenly daddy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Then he asked me the third question. Is God able to change people in Christianity? I said, of course, that's why I am in your office. <laughs> why you arrested me? You arrested me because I am new person in Jesus Christ. And the guy cannot have any ground to put me in prison so far, he asked me two sensitive questions. He said, what do you think about the Quran? Is the Quran a book from God? I told him, Mr. Hisham, don't be sensitive, don't take it personally. The Quran does not worth three pennies for me. And that's mean, it's expression, again, mean it is false. And uh, the guy who writes a report in his office asked him, sir, do you want me to write this? And he said, yeah, write this. And the guy starts shouting, oh, Allah, forgive me. Oh, Allah, forgive me. Oh, Allah, forgive me. And then he asked me the second question. Uh, uh, what do you, is the prophet Muhammad a prophet or not a prophet? Is he a prophet or not? 
And I told them again, don't take it personally, don't be sensitive. Muhammad can be anything, but not a prophet from God. And the guy told me, and the, and the guy told the attorney general, do, uh, can, uh, do you want me to write this? And he said, yeah, write this. And he starts shouting higher and higher, oh, Allah, forgive me, oh, Allah, forgive me. And then Mr. Hisham signed my paper to be arrested and spend my whole life in prison, in solitary confinement. And that's the penalty for any Muslim leaving Islam in Middle East. And he put me uh, in solitary confinement in the worst prison in Egypt, and I was excited, guys. You know, I really was excited and praising God. And I said, wow, Lord, you will let me uh, suffer for your name and be like those figures. We read about them in the Bible, Paul, Daniel, and uh, uh, all the apostles, they got persecuted for the name of God. And uh, they put me in my cell, no bed, no cover, no shower, no toilet. My toilet was a coffee can with sharp edges. I used to take my, uh, my shoes to cover the edges to use it. And uh, I'm not allowed to leave my cell only five minutes to take my uh, uh, coffee, coffee can to the bathroom to clean it and bring it back to my cell. And guess what happened? All prisoner became suspicious. Why this guy is locked 24 hours? They start sneaking in their free time, coming to my door through my small window and knocking, hey, what is your crime? And I start telling them a Muslim became a Christian. They say, you crazy? And I start sharing the gospel through my small window. And I, I am telling you, prisoners were lining uh, 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 on my door to hear what uh, the story of this guy. And the name of Jesus starts spreading inside all the prison, and many prisoners start requesting Bibles to come inside the prison. And uh, my nickname in the prison was Bishop Muhammad. Everybody called me Bishop Muhammad, you know, asking uh, their friends, go here, Bishop Muhammad. And uh, uh, after eight months, the whole prison started hearing about Jesus, and the news went to the authority, and the authority contacted the attorney general and told him, you need to let this guy out, because all prisoners asking about the Bible and asking about Jesus. And after eight months, he signed my paper and he released me. And uh, I became free uh, in 1981. And uh, the Lord showed me his hand and praise the Lord. I didn't have uh, any sickness, even eight months, I didn't take a shower. I didn't brush my teeth. You can imagine uh, for even if you stay a week without a shower, uh, how smell you will be. But I'm telling you, 
God protecting me, and I wanted you to encourage you to, uh, this morning, do not be afraid and carry the message without fear. God is in your side, and the people outside, they waiting for us to hear about Jesus. And uh, I remember what the apostle Paul in, in the book of Acts chapter 16, when he saw the vision about uh, Macedonia, in fact, guys, your English is weird. The, the correct word is Macedonia, but that's okay. Uh, I will tell you a story uh, about your English is weird. I was in the airport in, uh, in Spain going to America, and I saw many uh, American, they treat each other and saying, hey, man, hey, man, I thought they saying amen to each other. <laughs> and I was excited. I said, wow, all Americans are Christian, you know? <laughs> but, but your English is weird. Anyway, in Macedonia, in Macedonia, uh, Paul saw the vision, this guy coming to him, and what he told Paul, come and help us. Come and help us. He begs, Paul, come and help us. And that's what the people around your church, all nations in, in overseas, they asking us, come and help us with the Bible. Uh, I remember in, uh, you know, it's funny things always happen to me in the airports, you know. I remember a funny story. I was in uh, Philadelphia preaching and I shared my story and a lady, she got my book and uh, uh, she started sharing uh, the story with her relatives and friends and she waited uh, to shake my hand and encourage me. You know, she got touched by the message and she got to leave for work and she worked in the TSA in the airport. And uh, we didn't have a chance to meet after the serve. One day I was uh, leaving Philly to go to Las Vegas to preach in Las Vegas. And I put everything in my pocket and my business card in the small plate. And this lady was there and she noticed my card opens the gates, Daniel Messiah, she starts screaming at the TSA uh, area. You are Daniel Messiah, I, I heard you, I, I got your book, and I am sharing, and she was very loud, excited, and I, I tried to keep her down because we are in the airport. I didn't want people to think I have a bomb or something, <laughs> you know. Uh, usually when they stop me in the airport and asking me what's your nationality, I will say I am Mexican because Egyptian is not a good name in the airport. You know, no, I'm kidding, you know. But uh, uh, God, God wanted to encourage us today to carry the gospel to the people around us. And I will end with this true story happened to, to me uh, in Kenya. And I will ask Adam to, to prepare the Kenya picture. Don't show it now, but uh, I, my church in San Diego, uh, uh, the American church I'm going to, 
uh, Maranatha uh, Chapel, uh, they decided to take a short trip, mission trip to uh, Uganda or Kenya, I'm sorry, Kenya. And they invited me to go and uh, be with them. I know Arabic and they wanted to encourage uh, their congregation to share the message uh, with Muslim people. And uh, I got Pastor Gary, he is a mission pastor and uh, local pastor in uh, Kenya. His name is David. And we're talking about church uh, uh, around 7,000 members uh, in San Diego. And uh, they told me we need you to come with us and uh, help our group to, uh, to see uh, and oversee the need for reaching out to Muslims. And I love it. And I went to them and Pastor Gary, the mission pastor came. And uh, the minute I arrived to Kenya, I told the local pastor, uh, can you arrange a meeting uh, to go to the mosque and debate the Imam? I need to make a debate uh, about uh, Christianity and Islam. He said, okay, great. And he arranged it and I was excited. And before I go to sleep, <clears throat> Pastor, Pastor David came and said, Daniel, I wanted uh, to give you a warning. We will go to Eastley in Kenya, and there is no police, no army can come to save you if anything goes wrong. And I told him, okay, you're telling me this right now? And, uh, you know, uh, I have five children, I have a wife, and I start thinking, do I need to do that, Lord? There is no police, no army. We'll get involved. And I went to sleep. I wake up the second day, and I find myself singing a song. And the song saying, the horse and its rider has been thrown into the sea. Al-Faras warakibu qattarahuma fil-bahr. The horse and its rider has been thrown into the sea. You know the story in uh, Exodus chapter 14. And I opened that, I said, Lord, what you tried to tell me? He said, you go and you will have victory in East Lee. East Lee is a very dangerous area in Kenya. You know, uh, if you Google it, you'll find that. Uh, no police, no army. And uh, I start reading uh, Exodus chapter 14 until my eyes fall down on verses 12 to 15. And God told Moses this, and I wanted to leave this with you. He told, Mo he told Moses to tell the people, because they saw the Egyptian army following them after they left Egypt, and they have the sea in front of them, the enemy behind them. And God told Moses, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. See, and I read that, and I felt like the Holy Spirit telling me, this is what I wanted you to do in East Lee. When you go to the debate, stand still. Do not be afraid. And then the second promise in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You see, 
is a difference between Islam and Christianity in this verse. In Islam, Muslims fighting for Allah. But in Christianity, God is fighting for us. You know, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Guys, that's the word of God. Do not be afraid. Nothing can move you. When you see anything wrong, do not be afraid. You have a great God. You have an awesome God. And he is commanding you, stand still. Stand still. You know, don't be afraid of the enemy. Whatever you're going through, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I will fight on your behalf. And then third thing the Lord told Moses, what do you have in your, in your hand? He said, the rod. You have the rod. You have the authority of God. You know, and when I read that, I went back to the pastor and to the team. I said, guys, let us go to Eastleigh. We got a bus, start heading to Eastleigh, and at, uh, in Eastleigh, we park the bus outside uh, the city zone. We have like seven ladies with us, and the men start walking to the mosque, and I saw a bunch of Muslim uh, youth outside. I start talking with them. You know, guys, uh, let me help you to see the Bible is the word of God even from your Quran. And I asked one of them, do you have a Quran? And the guy raised his hand. I said, open your Quran uh, on this reference. And uh, this I saying, wow, uh, the Bible is the word of God. And suddenly I heard a noise coming from my back. You know, a guy, I forgot to tell you, while we are going to the mosque, we saw piles of rocks. And that's how Muslims stone people. And uh, Pastor Gary saw the rocks. He grabbed me and he said, Daniel, did you notice the rocks? Are you still wanted to do the debate? I said, yeah, we'll go do the debate. Because God spoke to me in Exodus chapter 14. And Pastor Dave did the same. He saw the rocks, he got afraid, and he said, do you want it to do that, Daniel, the debate? He said, yes, we'll do it. And now I am hearing this guy running and shouting, and he starts shoot all the rocks toward me, which is a sign for the rest of the Muslim to stone me. And he starts coming very angry and mad. You need to leave. Guys, don't listen to this guy. And he was very upset. And the Lord reminding me was the verse in Exodus 14. What is the verse? Stand still. Hold your peace. And I continue talking about Jesus. Another guy came from front, and guess what he did? He go to, the, to this guy, and he hit him in the face, and he told him, and told the group, listen to this guy. He did not say anything wrong. And the news went to the Muslim leader. 
in his home, there is chaos in front of the mosque. He came with a speaker, like one of those size, and microphone, and he starts shouting, you know, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. That's a call for a war, you know, especially when the imam calling the community. And guess what? The whole East Lee came out, and I found myself surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of Muslims. And the imam came and said, Master Daniel, what is the subject of the debate? I said, the Bible is the word of God, and I can show it to you from your Quran. And he said, okay, take the microphone. And I start showing them from verses in the Quran that the Bible is the word of God. And everybody was astonished. Uh, I forgot to tell you, Pastor Gary and Pastor David, when the guys start shooting the rock, they left the scene and they went to the bus. <laughs> now, you know, after half an hour or 45 minutes, they start coming back to, to check on me and they came uh, around the crowd because now it's a big scene, hundreds of people. And they came sit next to me because I finished uh, my uh, uh, part in the debate and I give it to the imam, I give the microphone and uh, the imam took the microphone and I thought uh, he will deny what I was saying. But the imam starts shouting, Master Daniel, now we believe the Bible is the word of God. And everybody starts shouting after the imam. Now Gary and David came to the scene, sit next to me, and in every mission trip uh, to Africa, we assign a password. And the password was peanut butter. When you hear peanut butter, you need to leave. That's mean dangerous. And David and Gary came next to me. They didn't know what's going on. And Pastor Gary started telling me, Daniel, peanut butter, man, peanut banana, peanut strawberry. And he was very scared because he saw the, the, the crowd. And then the imam finished and he told me, Mr. Daniel, introduce your friend. Now we became friends, and I said, let me give the microphone to Gary, because Gary was really afraid. I told him, Gary, can you introduce yourself? And uh, first thing Gary did, he said, I am an American. I told him, no, Gary, peanut butter, man. <laughs> now they will kill us, you know. But for our surprise, a lot of people start following us to the bus and got some Bibles, you know, do not, praise the Lord. Do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of God. You can show the picture of Zakinia. You know, this is the crowd at the end. Next one. And I am in the middle. I don't know if this picture, yeah. Raising my hand, and in fact, I have this booklet here. Uh, has all the verses from the Quran showing the Bible is the word of God. And you can get one at the table, and uh, you can give it to your Muslim friend. 
you know, and uh, they will read it, and it will open a discussion between you and them. And last picture, when they're shouting, uh, the Bible is the word of God. Next one. Or maybe you play it in the beginning. Yeah, this is when they start shouting. The Bible is the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. And this is happening in uh, uh, Kenya East Lee. At the end, you know, God is sent us to uh, North Carolina uh, three years ago, and uh, God started opening a door for us to train many churches and to witness in Raleigh, in Charlotte, and we started a Bible, a Bible college. Maybe you can show uh, the part of the newsletter. Uh, and uh, we have over 24 students now, uh, and also we have a satellite ministry, uh, a TV channel uh, going to Middle East in uh, uh, 338 channels. Uh, in Arabic, we're giving the Bible to Muslim in Middle East through satellite, and we have American pastors involving, and we do subtitle Arabic to, this, to their sermon, and we would like to see Pastor Paul's sermon going to Middle East with subtitle Arabic. And uh, the picture for uh, the Bible college that we establish, yeah, this is the story of the building. Uh, God gave us a building there, and we're praying uh, that we're paying this building off uh, this year. We still owe 85000 on the building, and also the Bible College is free for all the students. Can you show us the student part? Yeah, uh, this, we started this in our house, in North Carolina, and uh, we now moved to the building we bought. Next one. Okay, the picture was in the same newsletter, two pages. Okay, okay, but you guys can uh, go to our website, openthegates.org. Gates with an S, because we opening big gates, and uh, pray for us, and uh, I think, Dylan, uh, you will get uh, 200,000 this year, and uh, uh, half of this will go to Middle East to reach out to Muslim. Amen. Amen? Praise the Lord. And finally, I wanted to end with this story that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, God bless us with five kids. My first uh, child died when he was one year uh, in swimming pool in an accident. And my wife called me, she said, your son is dead, your son is dead. And I came to the scene, I saw her bring all the dirt over her head. She cut her dress. That's how we mourn. And uh, she was crying. I went down, I gave her a hug. And while we cry, the Lord reminding me with this verse.
Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and they put him in, in uh, the dead bag, you know, uh, the bag after uh, a person died, and they close it, and uh, I, I felt the Lord telling me, go pray for your son, because Jesus is the same. He did miracle yesterday, he can do one today. And I approached, I approached the bag, and I nailed on my knees, and I prayed a very small prayer. I said, Lord, show me your glory. I wanted to see your glory. And guess what happened? My son starts screaming inside the bag. Praise the Lord. And I wanted, I wanted to leave you with this two keys. Do not be afraid. Do not be shaking. And secondly, Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. God bless you, church. Thank you, Thank Pastor you, brother. David. Yeah, let's give him one, one more round of applause. Thank you, Pastor David. Thank you. You know, many of you may not know this about me, but I actually was brought to faith by an Egyptian pastor preaching over the radio. And so outreaches for TV and stuff, they might seem antiquated or old or a strange way to reach people. Um, but I was some 18-year-old guy listening to the radio, driving down the road, and came to Jesus, prayed a prayer, driving 60 miles per hour. I would not recommend you emulate that. That was an unsafe speed to be praying, crying my eyes out. But uh, all thanks to an Egyptian pastor named Michael Yusuf. Um, I still maintain Syrian and Lebanese food is better, though, but in case you didn't know, my mother's family is from Syria and Lebanon, but still, we love Egypt, um, and I'm grateful for you, Pastor Daniel. Uh, Pastor Paul just wanted me to tech, uh, share this with you. He said, I'm proud to call you friend, and I bless the day that we met at the 9-11 memorial. You're an example of what it is to love Jesus and love him more than your own life, even unto death. You're a bold witness to take courage and share Jesus, and thank you for coming to us. Thank you. Now, if you're anything like me, I know that sometimes I'm a human being. <laughs> Anyone in here has ever get their heartbeat get the best of them and they just don't end up talking about Jesus? I'm sure a lot of you have been there. <laughs> We've been in the chicken bucket. I've been there a lot of times, and it's no shock, by the way, that people in the Bible were too. In Acts chapter 4, they're afraid because they just got beaten for talking about their faith, and they're not sure what to do, so what do they do? They pray, and they say this to God, and now, Lord, look upon these threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal with signs and wonders that are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And it said, and when they prayed, 
the whole place was shaken and filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. You see, God doesn't use brave people. He uses scared people and makes them brave. One time I was in the middle of New York, new Christian, working outside for an addiction recovery center, and these two cart boys come up to me and start talking to me about what I'm doing, and I start sharing my faith with them, and I'm scared out of my mind. And God just tells me in the back of my mind, offer to pray with them if they want to accept Jesus. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm the introvert who wants to be in the, in the back room reading a book. Like, this is not me. And some of you probably feel that way too, don't you? And in that moment, I still remember their names. Their names were Mike and Nolan. And I offered, and Nolan's like, heck yeah, let's pray. And Mike is like, you're a weirdo. Don't ever talk to me again. Walks away. And I prayed, and I was thankful that Nolan came to the Lord. And out of the middle of nowhere, walking down the street, two weeks later, and 20 minutes away, I'd never met Mike before, I see Mike with two of his friends. And he walks up to me like I'm his best friend. I'm like, what happened, man? He comes up to me and hugs me. He says, hey, Dylan, how you doing? And I'm like, Mike, I don't think I ran into you by accident again. And on that spot, I quoted, actually, Acts chapter 4. There is no other name given in heaven by which people can be saved except through Jesus. And I told them, listen, through Jesus, whatever evil you've done, however bad you feel, however irredeemable you think you are, Jesus can cleanse, forgive anyone. It doesn't matter how far gone you feel. And all three men on the sidewalk gave their lives to Jesus. You see, and, that, that, and I don't share that to, to say, look at me, look at how brave I was. I share this to say this. You don't know why God does, the way, does things the way he does. You don't know why sometimes it doesn't seem to bear fruit. And you don't know why sometimes he tells you to do certain things and it seems, it seems like you, you swung for the bat and you whiffed it. it was just... But I'm so glad Mike didn't come to the Lord that day and that it was two weeks later. And I'm so glad I had the bravery to speak up the first time, so much so that even though he was hostile the first time around, he was glad to see me the second time. You don't know how, what is, what is the title of a sermon? God's still working, right? You don't know the work that God is doing in the people around you. So don't be quiet, even if you feel like the chicken introvert, because you know what? You got one right here too. And if God can use me and make me brave, the introvert who wants to be reading a book, who do, it just, I, I, don't, I did not ask to be on a stage. My brothers ran for student office. They were in drama club. I was like, I want to play a video game and not talk to a soul for three months. That's my ideal life. And if God can use somebody like me, it doesn't matter what you feel. What if God could redeem somebody's life because of you? You just have to ask for the bravery to take the first step. And you know what? If you stumble, it's okay because God's not dependent on you anyway. You just have to have the bravery to act in faith and say, God, I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll tell them that Jesus can forgive them no matter what. And you know what? If they get angry and say, I don't need forgiveness, you say, it's all right, I'll be praying for you. People aren't always going to respond well. Share Jesus anyway. And he'll show up and do the work that you can't do. 
I thought I was going to save two people by speaking up. Turns out, God saved four, and he did it in his way. What would have happened if I would have said nothing? There are plenty of times, by the way, that I have. But God redeems everything. Our mistakes, our sins, and he, just like the apostles in Acts chapter 4, when you get afraid, what do you do? You go to the Lord and say, Lord, give me the boldness. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to be a Christian. I don't, know, I don't know how I should be living, but I know that you know, Lord. And it says, and while you stretch out to heal, Lord, I'll do my part and I'll speak. And it says the Holy Spirit filled them again. Maybe you need to feel the Holy Spirit fill you again. Maybe it feels like God's been distant for a long time and your faith has been a little cold. I believe that today he can reignite that flame in your heart. And so I'm going to invite you to stand as we pray and we end this first Sunday of Missions Month. Lord, we pray that today that you would grant us the courage to continue to speak your word with boldness. And Father, above all things, I pray that we would remember that we don't save people, you do. That we can't heal anybody, we can't change anybody's mind, we're not persuasive enough or powerful enough, but we only need to be obedient in faith and you will do everything else. So God, we just pray that you would give us a joyful, obedient heart that says, no matter what, no matter where, no matter when, I'll do it, God, just give me the courage to do it. Pray that you'd make us into courageous people who love you, Lord, with all our hearts. Broken people, weak people, but people who have a strong and perfect God. And we give you the praise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. May God bless you. Make sure you talk to Pastor Daniel. Pastor Daniel, you can head out to your table. Uh, chat him up, talk to him, ask him about his life, buy some of his books. And guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for coming. God bless. Thank you for being with us today. Be sure to listen to all our messages on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And follow us on ne-cc.org for all information and updates. Thank you. God bless. Have a great day.